Hello and welcome to Money Tips Daily. This is Money Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money. You may have read today that, uh, or this week, that stock markets have fallen sharply uh, based on fears of a trade war following the news that President Trump is increasing tariffs on foreign goods, you know, in particular from countries like China. Now, the drop in stock prices highlighted the risks, particularly for pension savers, who have most of their money invested in funds that are heavily invested in equities. And this applies to other savers of other types of plans that are equity linked, unit trusts, investment trusts, or in America, uh, mutual funds. Now you're putting your money into the hands of fund managers uh, and you know their, their funds tend to go up and down along with the markets. Now obviously the markets will eventually bounce back, you know, they, they over the you know, longer term they do go up but they can go down as well as up. Now the problem comes if you were about to retire so you've got your pension fund or your pension pot and you're about to retire and at that point the pension then buys you an annuity or some form of long-term income. There are other options um, such as uh, you know, phased retirement but, and, and you need to talk to your advisor about this and get independent financial advice but if you were you know this week saying right I'm retiring now and you know I've got X amount in my pot and I want to now convert that into a long-term income into some form of annuity then your fund could be worth after this dip thousands of pounds less just in a single day based on fears of a possible future trade war now this this is quite serious and, I'm, and, and what I'm saying is that you should take financial advice to, and talk to your advisor uh, about your pension plan and, and basically plan for this so that you know where you've got a, a, a plan which is basically a money purchase plan going into a fund largely invested in shares you should be talking to your advisor at least three to five years before your planned retirement date in order to start shifting money from say equity funds into less volatile and risky funds that perhaps are more based on fixed interest return. Uh, you might get a lower return, but your money is then safe and your, your gains over the years are, are, are more locked in. Again, you need. I'm not giving you financial advice, I'm just pointing out the problems that are, are faced by millions of people. Now, people in final salary pension schemes, such as a government worker, for instance, or somebody who works in a local authority, or a teacher, or a nurse, are not affected by the ups and downs of the stock market. And that's because their pension benefits are defined as a percentage of their final salaries and not by how much is in their fund. Whereas if you're in a, a small company that just runs a money purchase scheme or you've got a private pension scheme that you just fund yourself, you know, you put X amount in per month and that grows and you get a bit of tax relief from the government and that, that will grow in the fund over the, the longer term. But that money is at risk uh, from market movements. A lot of people don't realize this. They just think, you know, they put their money into this fund and they get an illustration which shows what the fund might be worth at retirement. But they're not really aware that, you know, at any moment, whatever's built up in the fund could just drop according to, to stock market crashes. And we do have crashes when we had... The last major one was 2008, and the one before that was a few years before. Um, so they don't come very often, 
but, but it can happen. You can also get stagnant returns, such as you know, what happened in Japan, which sort of just went stagnant for about 20 years. Um, so, you know, you need a good advisor to, to, to talk it through. And in, in my experience, when I was an advisor many years ago, uh, many policyholders would just sort of start saving X amount, you know, 50 or 100 pounds a month into a, into a pension policy and, and then forget about it, thinking that their money is safe. And sometimes, you know, they wouldn't be seen again by the person who sold them the plan. Well, that person might have moved on, retired, or got out of the industry, or whatever the, the reason is, and it could be years before it's reviewed again. And, and these plans need to be reviewed on a regular basis. Also, people have, you know, what I call odds and sods of plans. They've got a, a little bit of money from a company they worked for, and they've got that, that pot over there, and, and then they were in a private scheme, with a, you know, they've got that money, and then they were in a small company scheme, now the, the, there's a new government back scheme that some people are saving into. To, you know, to be honest, the whole thing is, is a mess. And one of the, the major problems is that many companies have pulled out of providing final salary schemes because they're too expensive to run. Because the, the, uh, the, the risk to the company is open-ended. The liability for that pension scheme is, is completely open-ended. And, you know, we've seen this with companies that have gone broke because they, they could not afford to keep their pension schemes going um, and you know th this has been a major problem for the pensions industry over the last 20 years which they've you know the regulators have not been able to sort out but nevertheless if you're in a scheme um, make sure you you review your scheme on a regular basis that's the most important thing you can't do everything you can't solve all the problems, but you can solve your own. And uh, this, I think, has caused so much confusion in the market that many people are not saving enough or are not saving at all, and they're heading for you know, a fairly bleak future. I remember once meeting the managing director of a, a fairly large publishing firm in, in the centre of London, and had very posh offices, and this guy you know, was earning quite a lot of money, and he had a a sort of house in the country and he, and he was doing very well nice nice person and I I was brought in as the advisor uh, to set up a, a company scheme for their employees now I asked the managing director what they had for themselves and he said no we don't need this scheme because I've got my own scheme and he had this uh, policy which was called an executive pension plan it was basically a sort of a director's uh, pension scheme you know a good scheme and he was paying about £50 a month in. And I think at the time, this is going back a long, long time, maybe 20 years or more, um, he was earning about £40,000 or £50,000. So it was, it was a good income. It was like earning six figures today, at least. And he was paying in about £50 a month into the scheme. I think he'd had it going for maybe five or six years. And he was in his mid-50s, so... Maybe he had another 10 years to go to retirement. So by the time he were retired, he would have paid in £50 a month for, for 15, 15 years. So a couple of thousand pounds a year. Um, not even that, sorry. More like, say, maybe £1,000 a year with, with the tax relief. And over 15 years, he would have paid in, what, uh, uh, £15,000 or, or so. Yeah. Um, so I then sort of asked him, well, 
you know, what do you expect to get back from this? I can see it was quite a low contribution for his, his, his income, um, you know, with his tax relief, maybe a thousand pounds a year. And, and, you know, as I said, over a 15 year period, he would have paid in about 15,000. So I said, what do you expect to get back from that? And expect him to say, well, not a lot. But actually he said, no, this policy will give me two thirds of my final salary. I said, pardon? He said, yeah, it will give us two thirds of, of and, and a couple of directors had this scheme, two thirds of his final salary. Now bear in mind at that time he was already earning, you know, 50 odd thousand pounds. And, you know, in, in say 10 years time, his salary may have doubled. And even today, you know, there was no way he would have been getting back two thirds of, of 50,000 pounds based on a, a 50 pounds per month contribution. And, uh, you know, I tried to subtly point out that, that I, I don't think that's going to um, give you, you know, that sort of benefit at retirement because, um, you know, the, the contribution is only 50 pounds a month and, you know, it's not like you're going to be paying this for 40 or 50 years. And, you know, but he, he, he got a bit angry. He said, no, that, uh, it's going to give me two thirds of my final salary. And um, he said, that's what the broker told me. And, you know, he, 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 was, he was angry. And it, this was, at this point, it was, you know, I'm in a big meeting around a boardroom table and um, it, it's my credibility is at stake here because he's challenging me and more or less saying that I don't know what I'm talking about. So I had to kind of put my foot down and say, no, th th there's no way you're going to get back. And I had to sort of start adding up the figures, you know, manually. So, well, that's what you're paying in. How is that going to give you two thirds of your final salary? And, you know, I had to stand up for myself because I was going to lose the whole thing for all the employees based on this guy who was calling me out. Um, and th then I realized what the problem was. I said, look, this, this plan gives you the option of a maximum benefit of two thirds of your final salary. So in other words, you know, if you were to retire on say 90,000 pounds a year, the maximum you could draw from that scheme would be the equivalent of 60,000 pounds per annum, regardless of how much you had saved in to the plan. And, you know, the reason for this is to, the government were, didn't want people putting you know, too much money into these schemes because they had major tax benefits. There were tax-free investments. You got tax relief on what you put in. So they didn't want people um, putting more into their scheme, pension schemes, than they were earning uh, because of the tax benefits. So he'd got it into his head that because someone had said two-thirds of final salary, that that's what he was going to get. But actually, that was just the maximum he could draw. Now, to cut a long story short, he eventually went back to his broker, and his broker said, "Yes, it's a maximum of two thirds of your final salary." But you know, he never he never quite forgave me for this, and it was always it was almost like shoot the messenger time. I just pointed something out. I mean, he should have been thanking me that I didn't let him go on for another ten years in, in this sort of a blind state of mind that he was going to get back all this money. But you know, it, it made me think that for someone running a large company and responsible for you know, multi-million pound budgets, it surprised me that he couldn't work out that paying, you know, a thousand pound a year into a policy was never going to give him the sort of benefits he was expecting. And it, it astounded me, actually. Um, and it, it really did highlight the, the, the mass confusion around pensions and one of the reasons why people are, are grossly underfunded in pension schemes. And millions of people are blindly heading towards a, what I would call a bleak broke retirement uh, where they'll be dependent on the state even after 
40 years of, of work, they, they're going to be saying, well, you know, I need state benefits, I need this and I need that. So I, I don't know if that's what position you're in, but it's certainly the position of many people. And this is one of the reasons why there's been a big boom in buy-to-let investments, where people are saying, well, I, I can't understand pension schemes, I don't know where the money's going, I've got these, these guys in the city who invest this money into some funds which I don't understand, so I'd rather buy a property, and uh, that is more tangible, it's bricks and mortar, um, yes, prices can go up or down, but I can, I can see it, it's there, I can see and touch it, and properties over the years have been one of the best investments. And to be honest, I, I, I've done the same thing. I've put more of my money into properties than pension schemes, even though uh, I, I, you know, was in that sort of business. And I understood it. I, mean, I still put money into a pension scheme, but I, I've always felt that with property, you can use leverage. You can borrow money to buy it. Um, you know, the, the tenant will pay the rent for you, and it will pay uh, the, the loan. And provided you, you get your numbers right and you, you invest wisely, it, it, I think it will give me a better pension than, than I would put in X amount per month into a, to a pension scheme. The downside of property, of course, is that it takes a lot more work. I can't just you know, have my money taken up my account like it with a pension scheme and just forget about it. Um, I have to do the work. I have to deal with tenants. I have to uh, you know, occasionally do repairs and get calls at the weekend when there's a leak or the boiler broke breaks down when they never call you during the week they always call you on a Friday night and say well actually the boiler's been leaking for a few days and you know or my toilet's been leaking um, I've had to you know get my hands dirty in toilets and all sorts of things that you probably don't want to hear about but yeah it, it takes a lot of work but it's been rewarding for me in, in financially and uh, so I, I think it's worth the extra effort even though there's a lot more hassle involved so you, you have to pay your money and take your choice, uh, but I wouldn't just leave it to chance. You, you've got to do something for your retirement, whether it's saving into to, to schemes, pension schemes, or, or investing in assets like property. Remember that over the long term, that the value and the spending power of your cash money is going to go down. Yeah. In other words, today, if you have um, £10,000 in the bank, that £10,000 will buy you X amount of goods and services. Uh, we, we know that in 20 years' time, that £10,000 will not buy you the same things, right? Uh, we know that the value of that is probably going to be equivalent to half the amount, or maybe less than half, depending on inflation. So inflation is eating away at the, the, the value or the spending power of your money, right? We know that. Um, Whereas if you put it into an asset such as a property or, or, or other forms of asset, and shares come into this as well, you know, you would hope that inflation will work in your favour because inflation will increase the value of that property or that asset, all things being well. We don't know what's going to happen, but that's what's happened over the last you know, several hundred years. So inflation will increase the value of your asset. So we know that a property bought today roughly uh, over the you know, longer term tends to double over every 10 years so if you buy a house in a reasonable area um, and, you know you'd expect that over say 10 years it, it would double in value so if you buy something today for a hundred thousand pounds it could be worth 
£200,000 in, in, in 10 years' time. Uh, so that inflation there would have worked in your favour because you, you're holding that asset. And wealthy people invest in assets. You know, you're not going to find Richard Branson uh, investing in, you know, a, a, a bank deposit account of a quarter percent, hoping that that's going to increase the value of his money. No, he'll buy assets. He'll buy companies. He'll buy businesses. He'll buy properties. He buys islands, and many other wealthy people invest in properties. Now, look at the side of that. That the, the property, the asset has benefited from inflation in that it's gone up in value and you know the rent you charge will generally go up in price over the years but the loan that you that you've used to borrow the money has actually been eroded by inflation so the, the, the value of that loan has gone down with inflation so in other words if you bought that property for 100,000 pounds and you borrowed say £50,000 in 10 years time that property could be worth £200,000 now if you'd taken an interest only loan out where you're not paying back any capital you would still owe £50,000 right? so in 10 years time your property's gone up from £100,000 to £200,000 and you still owe £50,000 okay? you're with me so far now is that £50,000 in 10 years time the same as £50,000 today? Well in terms of buying power and spending power, no it's not is it? Because as we said if your money, the value of money is going to be eroded by inflation the value of the money you owe is also eroded by inflation. So think of it in terms of your income. If you borrowed £50,000 and at the time you, you, you earned £50,000 it's equivalent to one year's income but in 10 years time if you were earning 80 or 90 or 100,000 pounds, you know, that 50,000 pound mortgage is equivalent to only uh, you know, half of your salary for the year. So it's much easier to pay off. So there are many benefits for, from investing in property, but it takes a lot more work and it takes advice and you need to talk to advisors. And you, I would suggest you need to get some education in property and learn more about it if you want to invest in property. The same things if you want to invest in the stock market or you want to invest in gold bullion or whatever it is. Learn something about it. Don't just go out and buy the first property you see and, and hope for the best. And if you, if you are interested in learning a bit more about it, drop me an email at charles at charleskelly.net charles at charleskelly.net and I can sort of point you in the right direction to take a, a, a course or some of these courses offer a free couple of days taster courses um, and, and I can certainly point you in the right direction for that. So it's been a bit of a longer broadcast tonight but I wanted to go through this sort of pensions time bomb versus property investment scenario so that it, it can hopefully uh, explain a few things to you. I hope that's been useful. This has been Money Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money.